When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Uh, dear listeners, welcome back to New Books in Urban Studies. Uh, this is a podcast channel on the New Books Network. I'm Anna Jelnina, the host of the channel, and this interview is being done in partnership with the city, uh, with the Community and Urban Sociology section of the American Sociological Association and its academic journal, City and Community. And joining me today are Ross Beveridge and Philippe Koch. We are going to talk about their new book, How Cities Can Transform Democracy. It was published in 2022 by John Wiley and Sons. Ross and Philippe, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. And uh, let's start with the introductions. Could you tell our listeners uh, a little bit about yourselves? Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Ross. I'm a senior lecturer in urban studies at the University of Glasgow. And hi, my name is Philip Koch, and I'm a professor in urban politics in Winterthur at the ZHW. And uh, congratulations to you both for publishing this uh, highly interesting and timely book. Um, my first question is, how did you come up with the idea for, for the project, and why did you write this together? Will you start? Um, well, I think we... we... It was uh, probably like most books had a, a long sort of gestation period. Um, we were a little bit surprised that in some ways that no one had written a book um, about democracy and urbanization. Um, I think we both have um, roots in um, studying political science. I wouldn't say we are political scientists now, at least. You know, we certainly probably wouldn't fit into political science. Um, we were a bit Kind of dissatisfied with political science's reluctance to engage with cities and urbanization. Uh, and then I think on the other hand, on the other side of the coin, um, within urban studies, particularly urban geography, which has been very kind of dominant in the engagement with urbanization, there was a lot of um, work around um, justice and some work around democracy, but not really taking it um, to the uh, that kind of intricate um, analysis of uh, how democracy might be related to urbanization. Some people are doing that, Mark Purcell and Clyde Barnett wrote about it, but there wasn't really a big debate about it. And I think uh, that kind of um, made us uh, wonder why. And then, you know, then we we sort of spent quite a long time trying to come up with a way of uh, 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 of engaging those two things, democracy and urbanization. And 
we wrote some articles together and uh, yeah it took some time uh, uh, and uh, yeah it came out of this kind of process and, and kind of toing and froing and circling around uh, uh, these these ideas uh, I, I think um, yeah and it, it was also a nice way to I guess stay in touch um, <laughs> and to work together. Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of the book, I think we, we also thought that we, we didn't want to write articles about it. I mean, I think uh, well, we tried to write some articles about it that were more or less successful. Um, and uh, the book, I think, provides obviously a bit more of a broader palette. And uh, um, yeah, and I think it was, it's nice for us to do it most of the time. It was, it was nice, you know, and Philip is mainly in Zurich. I was mainly in Glasgow or sometimes in Berlin. So it was lots of Zoom conversations, but... Um, yeah, it was a, it was a way of uh, um, yeah connecting, connecting particularly during some of the pandemic time as well. You know, that was, that was another uh, back background factor. So, did you write this book for fellow academics, or who is your imagined audience for this project? What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, the focus is surely on, on the academic debate or the scholarly debate, but we also, I think that was one reason why we wrote that book and not a series of articles, is that we thought that when we could write a book, it could be more accessible also for for activists, maybe politicians and uh, more lay people. And I think um, the first kind of, responses we get uh, can point in that direction so uh, it's not only that scholars uh, read the book or are interested in the book but also yeah activists and, and, and people who are kind of interested in how urbanization and the city might play a role in, in, in future democratic struggles yeah yeah, well, uh, I was immediately intrigued when I just uh, saw the title of your book because uh, it kind of uh, sets it up in a very unusual way. Uh, often people talk about how democracy can be a useful tool to transform cities and change how people live in cities, but you kind of reverse the relationship and talk about how cities can transform democracy. So can you uh, explain your approach a little bit more? I think, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'll have I'll have the first the first go with it. Um, uh, I, I th the thing that the impetus for the for right for framing it in that way uh, was that we thought there there was and, and there is a debate on the, the the political implications of urbanization and um, and there is a debate around what uh, um, politics looks like if 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 you. If you frame it uh, outside of the nation state, and and what might what urbanisation is doing to the nation state, of course, is a big debate across social sciences. And our jumping off point was uh, to say, well, if uh, urbanisation is transformative in relation to um, cities, and uh, um, if it's really um, if it provides a different frame for thinking about politics, and what. Or the implications of that for for democracy, and I think um, for us then is uh, um, this idea that there are many ways of looking at uh, politics, and one really productive, and it would seem from um, what lots of activists are doing, and uh, uh, certainly lots of scholars are pointing us in that way, is to think about 
uh, politics from uh, 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 the perspective of uh, this process of urbanization uh, and also perhaps as, as a different kind of uh, landscape of politics, one which um, is not connected to institutions in the state or not centered on that, but is really um, s- some kind of project of social life, of everyday life, of uh, connections between people. And, uh, uh, and um, yeah, I think that, that that was this idea of seeing like a city which comes from um, the political theorist Warren Magnuson, who, who took the idea initially from so turning on the head of this idea from uh, uh, Jim Scott about seeing like a state where the state kind of looks down and organizes society and rationalizes. And, and Magnuson's argument was that the state has come to dominate and distort um, political inquiry um, because we always end up looking at the state or only at the state. And uh, His argument was that, you know, politics is much more than that. And indeed, the most kind of useful way of thinking about politics would be to imagine it in terms of this kind of city uh, 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 metaphor or ontology. Um, so that's, that's one aspect. And I suppose the other aspect is that urbanization really does seem to be, um, so coming uh, particularly at the geography debates, really driving all these different uh, uh, changes to political authority. And uh, um, I don't know if you want to add something around urbanization, Philip. No. Yeah, maybe maybe on a more general note, I think um, we live in, in in a time of of extreme democratic crisis, and I think there are different um, uh, approaches to that. and And I think some people try to <clears throat> kind of build better institutions within the existing institutions, but but they kind of stick to this um, institutional and state centric vision of democracy. and And we, I think. Of over the last 10 years or 12 years or since we're doing research we always had this kind of a critical um, relation to this uh, strictly institutional state-centric vision and I think what we try to do is also to try to find a new kind of um, approach to democracy or a, a new vocabulary of democracy coming from from an urban studies perspective and uh, I think uh, Ross already mentioned Farron Markinson but uh, he, he he had this uh, kind of uh, interesting quote it, it goes in the sense of that most people are trying to scale um, uh, urban life to the existing like political jurisdictions and and maybe it would be more more um, appropriate or more interesting to invent the democratic politics uh, around what is already there in, in urban life. And, and I think that's kind of the, the, the more general motivation that we had at the beginning. Uh, and of course, uh, in terms of, of uh, urbanization, I think there is a lot <clears throat> kind of debate uh, going on. What, what, what is the meaning of the city anyway when, when urbanization kind of transforms all these um, uh, seemingly um, traditional urban forms? Um, and at the same time, you you can see a lot of people claiming uh, rights to the city or 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 evoking the city as a, as a as a democratic and political claim, and and we wanted to um, kind of negotiate those or, or bring into dialogue those two standpoints to a certain extent, like a conceptual way of thinking about that. But then you have also these empirical. Um, 
um, examples that you that we came across, and we wanted to bridge those differences, I guess. So if you had to define politics and democracy, and you spent quite a lot of time in the book uh, working with the definitions uh, of those two concepts, like if you had to define them, what would that be? How do you define politics and democracy in your book? <laughs> well, I think uh, our goal was uh, to a certain extent to... <clears throat> provide first of all a theorization of democracy through an urban lens and that means um, to think of democracy more as a uh, through the practices or democracy as a um, a practice-based political action uh, and it's not something that you can locate in institutions but that something that is experienced and learned and crafted so it, it's really um, it goes back to or is related to kind of a radical tradition of um, democratic thinking uh, inspired by people like Sheldon Wolin, but also others. So it's, it's, we understand democracy not, not as a relation between a state and a citizen, but more like the relation between people and places. Um, it's about self-government and not so much about sovereignty. So I think we in the book we we don't provide a one-sentence definition of democracy. It's more like opening up different registers to think about democracy. Um, yeah, maybe Ross, do you want to add something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, what was crucial in, uh, in, uh, in in the book is that is this notion of. Um, collective life or urban collective life is the, um, the horizon, as we call it, on which politics and then therefore democracy um, takes place. So that, that really is um, putting it uh, in, in this context in which it's, it's about the interactions between people and, uh, and then dem- democracy then becomes how the demos forms in, in these contexts, in, the, in these interactions between people, how collective uh, um, organizations and collective decision making um, occurs. And uh, that doesn't exclude the state, it just puts this, it decenters the state. That's the argument we make. And I think that's, that's quite, um, uh, has quite big implications uh, for, for politics. And people have written about that. Uh, in the past, of course, and you know, urbanization is often seen to be driving a decentering of the state. Um, but I think less people have written about this decentering of the state in relation to uh, urban democracy uh, in, in recent times. So I think we, we saw our contribution there as, as really taking it to the next, um, uh, so taking the argument a little bit further uh, to, to consider how democracy is. Um, yeah, as is this a project of urban everyday life uh, in, 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 a, in, in one sentence? Although we don't really have one sentence definition, but uh, if we were to be pushed, then I think that would be the kind of uh, accessible way of, of, of defining it. Yeah, and I think that when you put practices in a kind of the center of, of the study of democracy and also the pract- uh, and, and also the everyday life uh, of democracy then uh, you have to think about the material condition and the environment where these practices actually occur so practices are always 
located somewhere. And that's certainly when you look at, at um, political science engagement with democracy and, and partly also political theory engagement with democracy, it's often a democracy without uh, the physical world and the material world. It's often a, play, a, 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 a literature without places, concrete sites, uh, uh, um, maybe apart from parliaments and, and government uh, meeting rooms. And, and that's also something that we wanted to kind of uh, bring in into this debate around democracy. So if, if you think of democracy as a located practice, something that is happening and, and negotiated within urban collective life, then you have to think about materialities and how they kind of um, are generative of political action and democratic engagement, but also put some limits um, of what you can do or how you can relate to transformations. Uh, yeah, I think that's certainly um, like the way we want or the approach we, we want to take, go away from institutions, more to practices and um and democracy certainly as a form of sovereign government, but also democracy as a mode of experience and and uh, and um, everyday engagement. I mean, I think just the last thing to say on that. I mean, there are these the big debates um, about kind of uh, um, political disenchantment, if with, uh, you know, disenchantment with democratic politics, formal politics, um, this kind of almost this sense of alienation from politics. And if if you put it in, in the terms that we, we do in the, in the book, I mean, it's quite understandable in a way because politics seems detached from everyday life. Uh, you know, it's, it's a realm on its own and... Uh, um, and I suppose in some ways you could read the book. It wasn't really entirely written like that, but one reading of the book is that it's trying to overcome um, you know, this kind of slightly sterile debate that often occurs uh, between people who say, <clears throat> um, well, formal politics might not be perfect, but it's, it's, it's better than having all these forms of disconnected, um, messy participation and people on the street and... Uh, you don't, you can't sustain democracy through that, and and I suppose one of the that's a challenge we take up in the book to say, well, actually, what would it look like if if you did have a project of democracy which wasn't relying on the state, even if it was engaging with the state and representative politics, as it as it as as it was doing that, and in the book we call that project the uh, that democratic project project of the city. You know, so we, we we have this alternative imaginary, um, um, alternative to the nation and the state, an imaginary which is based on uh, collective life and the kind of common ownership and engagement with um, the idea of a place. You know, the city as an idea, and and cities, of course, as actual actual places. You know, Helsinki or Zurich or Glasgow or wherever, and. Uh, um, so that's a way of pro- providing some kind of sense that this, this is a project and um, even if there's diversity and it is messy and it's not institutionalized, it, it, it can ha- has a coherence and, uh, and a meaning and, uh, and has, um, first and foremost, uh, overcomes this alienation, um, the sense of alienation uh, in relation to politics and democracy because it reinserts it in 
uh, everyday life. Yeah, and I think what, what we also um, were aiming at was to, uh, what, what just Ross just mentioned is that there is not this binary vision of democracy either fully within state institutions or outside state institutions, but they're always kind of in relation to each other. So our kind of, uh, what we call kind of this urban democracies, not something outside of the state or inside of the state, but has different relations to the state. And uh, and I think that's why we also um, uh, dedicated one chapter to this to this question because we think it, it is extremely important at this point of time that we uh, not only think about political action on the streets in urban areas but also how we comprehend the state as such as not this monolithic block but ha- as a kind of a decentral decentral political authority with different access points so to say uh, and so it makes everything a bit messier and more complicated also in conceptual terms because you cannot rely on this binary but it makes it also more interesting and more um, maybe optimistic because you have different ways into um, uh, into this area where a lot of state resource, resources are distributed and decided upon without necessarily going through this electoral circle. And I think that's, oh. yeah. Yeah, I hope we can uh, return to this question of the state uh, a little bit later, because I think it's a it's a really important one. But before we go there, I still wanted to talk about the city and the importance of the city a little bit, a little bit more. So why does it matter? I, I really appreciated the way you talked about democracy as a localized practice but why does it matter that it's uh, the cities that we're talking about so what is urban about those processes those democratic processes for you i think that that's the most controversial part of the book that we insist on on, on uh, saying the city is important for democracy because um well maybe first of all what is what is really striking uh, in when you when you um kind of uh, engage with with uh, these scholarly debates and especially this um, interdisciplinary debates around definitions and understandings of the city and urban is that every discipline has a completely different understanding of, of those terms. And we come from a, a quite interdisciplinary background, I would say. We, I started as political scientist, but kind of detached from that and went more into sociology and architecture and urban planning. And it's quite difficult to find a common language around it. So the city, for some, is just an urban form, kind of a precise one. And then for political scientists, it's just a political jurisdiction, like municipalities and stuff like that. And from a sociolog- sociological point of view, it's really like a way of life, maybe, and different sets of civic organizations apart from the countryside, or just a moment in organization for a lot of the geographers. And that's a huge debate, and um, it, it, it's it's complicated and difficult to kind of again to pinpoint it down. But what what our um, main contribution or idea is that the city is always um, a kind of a also symbolic space and at the same time or a virtual space and at the same time an actual space. So the city. Um, has these kind of different meanings and because of these different meanings and associations that 
um, uh, are formed in everyday life, but also from from scholarly debates that generates kind of this this engagement, this democratic engagement, and that's on on a, on the level of discourses, but it is also on the level of the lived spaces of of people because they want to be part of the city in the sense of they want to have a voice in what happens around them in the public spaces and houses. And often these struggles are framed uh, as a claim for the city. And I think that's something we, we cannot just um, dismiss. Uh, so we have to stick to to a project and give it a name. And cities is certainly a, um, a name that is... Uh, evokes a lot of kind of positive and also controversial associations. I think, and uh, yeah, I think also, <clears throat> excuse me, I think also um, democracy, like any political project, needs uh, a location, a place, and you know, so it's, it's not just this localized action. It's, it's also a, a more the, an idea of a, a territory or a horizon, as we call it in, in the book. And as Philip said, this, the city has something really productive in that it has this uh, um, imagined uh, or this imaginary dimension in the sense that it is, it's, it's an idea of people being together in a place. Um, it can be sort of something um, that you aspire to, um, that you, you work towards. Uh, and then it also has this uh, um, the sense of actually being rooted in a place, this materiality, and, and this, this this interaction between this virtual and actual, and, and material and ideational is, is is really powerful. We think, and uh, um, so that to us um, um, uh, over, overrides the kind of some kind of uh, some of the doubts that uh, scholars in urban studies have about that. And one thing to be very clear is it's not a resurrection of the city as a state. We're very clear that you know the, the, that vision of uh, the city is, is is not what we're, what we're interested in at all. It's, it's much more this this, this this notion of being in common uh, or the urban commons, as it's, it's sometimes called. All these kind of ideas seem to be. Uh, sort of floating around, uh, suggesting that the city is is something that that, that can be a, a democratic project. And I think what we do in the book is take that seriously and um, uh, uh, try to 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 develop a, uh, an argument and a vocabulary around the city as a democratic project, which is also kind of conceptually sound. I think it's one one um, aspect to say the city has still kind of political purchase in, in, in struggles. Uh, and, and for most people, urbanites across the globe, when you would say, well, that's something, uh, the city is this or that, it seems quite obvious that the city for them exists. It's not something that the city still has kind of a, an everyday value as a, as a term. Uh, uh, it's, it's so obvious that it should exist. And at the same time, we acknowledge that the city is not something that is just there. It has changed. Urbanization completely transformed at least the urban form, but often also ways of life. And so this kind of um, tension, <laughs> uh, one could try to just ignore this tension. And what we try to is 
engage with it productively. And what what is necessary to say is it's what one point as um, uh, Ross already mentioned that we don't want to can bring back the the European city of the 18th 19th century. And another point is that we don't put the city in opposition to a countryside. So the city is really kind of this a representation of urbanization. It's really uh, 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 an imaginary, and it's not something that you can pinpoint as a specific urban form in opposition to something else. So it's it's more something, uh, a representation of urbanization, uh, which serves a, a specific purpose, namely to organize and to kind of bring people together and to engage. So in this sense, it is kind of the, the product of urbanization. I think it's so interesting that, uh, as as you already mentioned, that it's so difficult to kind of capture conceptually and theoretically why it still makes sense to talk about cities and uh, to kind of uh, emphasize this urban dimension. But then uh, when you talk about specific examples like urban movements, almost everyone agrees that these are urban phenomena, right? And it's easy to think about them as urban. So I, it's an interesting uh dilemma or an interesting puzzle how, how to deal with those things and I appreciated how you uh, talked about it in the book quite openly but now I want to move on to the specific cases in the book so you do quite a lot of theoretical work but you also uh, uh, talk about specific cases uh, or situations when people try to uh, engage in urban democracy and I wanted you to talk about a little bit about those cases how you selected them uh, and why? So what makes those particular cases transformative as uh, political practices? Well, I think the first thing to say about the cases is um, um, they're the, 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 the really useful in, show, in revealing the contingency of um, the, 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 the city as a democratic project. And that's one thing we really emphasize in the book, which we haven't perhaps um, stated thus far is that we, we, we really we argue on the, on the one hand that this this um, democratic project is emerging you know we can see it in um, in cities what activists and some uh, governments are, are doing um, and we try to sort of deal with the implications of that in the book and sort of stretch it and say well how can we then imagine that as uh, as providing us with an alternative um, um, horizon of democracy. And uh, I think the, the examples we ended up choosing were, were ones which really um, showed this uh, uh, rootedness of uh, politics in social material contexts. So it was really, we had this um, idea of people, places and practices as being kind of what the example should revolve around is as, as revealing of, of this kind of project of uh, uh, everyday life. And uh, um, the examples um, that we chose, I mean, we, we, we don't ultimately, cho- uh, cho- I don't think we chose any real sort of classic social movement type examples, um, but rather uh, examples which uh, for us um, uh, somehow embodied or, 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 or revealed a kind of, uh, uh, or, or were suggestive of this this idea of, of, of the city with people as people in common. Um, so the examples that we have, are the, uh, the first main 
sort of empirical chapter is um, housing, housing cooperatives and self-government, this key urban resource. So how, how, how that actually works. And that's uh, examples from mainly from Zurich, but also from Berlin and uh, uh, um, where else? Uh, Los Angeles. Um, and uh, some from Latin America as well. And um, so, so that was really about um, how the democracy again occurs in, it occurs in these kind of places and is, is something that is related to home and dwelling and um, is, is, is close to home and it should, it should be embedded in, 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 in these processes. And then the, the second uh, 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 empirical chapter is, is more wide ranging and is, is, is more uh, sort of trying to capture the range of practices which occur in cities which sometimes are considered political and sometimes aren't. And uh, our purpose there, we were looking at examples in relation to um, critical mass, the, the cycling group, uh, a cycling movement, so I wouldn't say it's a classical social movement, um, uh, alongside a very varied and more obviously political practices of claiming space uh, for, um, you know, to build properties. So thinking we draw examples then from the global south of people claiming space and claiming homes, building homes and as an act of citizenship, as is really a claiming to the right to the city. Uh, in context of austerity, this very similar kind of uh, processes of claiming a, a, a citizenship and a reasonable life uh, also in the uh, European context. Uh, and I may have missed some in that chapter. There were, there were quite a few examples. I think then the, the third empirical um, chapter looks at the, uh, the question of the state and how we deal with uh, uh, the movements <clears throat> uh, that have been termed the, the new municipalism. So we look at examples like Barcelona, Preston, Jackson, Mississippi, and Naples. And there it's much more about how democracy is located uh, uh, apart from, but always in relation uh, to the state. And there the point is that, um, that, that, that there's no kind of nirvana beyond the state, in our view at least, that, um, even if the state isn't <clears throat> never, in fact, the, <clears throat> the host or the harbinger of, uh, of, of democracy. So I think what we try to do with those three sets of examples is, um, in the first case, to, delineate uh, uh, democracy as self-government rather than sovereignty. That's really what the, all of them do that, but the housing one's really um, doing that to um, uh, show that uh, uh, this democratic project um, is, is, is one of uh, 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 kind of uh, urban places and uh, 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 urban life. And, and the second uh, um set of examples around these different varied practices of claiming space, occupying space, being together in space with other people is about citizenship. It's about collectively becoming a, a public, part of a public, you know, making a claim to urban space or making a claim to the city uh, and becoming a citizen. So that's uh, this, this notion that democracy is, is really about becoming a political being, as, as what Bolin says, I think. So it has something where you, where you where it's transformative of, of self, um, but uh, as we emphasise in the book, it's always in collective, in a collective, in in in, in, a, co in a context with others, with other people, and then I suppose the, the purpose of the last empirical chapter is to deal 
with that really vexed question of what do you do with the state? Um, um, how does a project exist? Um, it's, it's not only a strategic question, it's also a theoretical question. And, uh, 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 and we think that the new municipalist movements um, of the last um, five to 10 years, uh, which were in turn uh, took inspiration from um, urban and local politics in Latin America in the early 2000s, really instructive in, in, in how um, the state it can be engaged with as a democratic project, you know, showing uh, limitations as, as well as uh, potentialities. And uh, uh, so I think what we, we, what we try to do there is to, is to um, sort of plot a path uh, uh, forward. Not It's not to say that we have all the answers, but it's to deal with some of uh, the kind of theoretical answers strategic political questions which might occur to people when when we suggest that um, democracy is this project of collective urban life yeah <clears throat> I, I think uh, you, you said most of the things that need to be said but um, what I wanted to add is I think what is um, interesting is that we that there are some some political actions or practices that are somehow on the fringe of being political or democratic, and that was certainly one point that we wanted to. Or what we are what we were interested in are these kind of actions, which are not so obviously kind of in a in a mainstream common sense in scholarly debates where you could say ah, of course that's democratic and of course that's not democratic or that is political or not political we want to go there where, where it's going to where where it is more gray than black and white and i think we 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 decided on 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 these cases and examples that we've already studied before but also strategically try to evaluate how these what what happens in this gray zone what we can learn from that and critical mass is certainly such an example which we did not choose because of its political import or kind of success but more as what does it uh, symbolize what 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 is actually happened there and uh, so we also kind of took examples where uh, which are not the ones who can that you can scale up to use that language easily, um, but which are instructive in in a conceptual way. Uh, but we also the 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 kind of the strategy for selecting these examples is also that we said um, there is a widespread use or the, the the practices are quite widespread across different domains. It's not just one there or here, but it's it's already. Um, part of of most um, everyday lives of urbanites across the globe, so it's a democracy already practiced, but not so much theorized. We would say. Yeah, I think just um, uh, one more point uh, in, in relation to that. I think that uh, that can be seen uh, uh, against the background of um, these big debates around what, uh, not just what democracy is, but what politics is or what the political is, which has um, been a, a big discussion in urban studies the last 10 to 15 years with um, obviously um, the work by Eric Swindegar and post-political and, and, uh, and um, the kind of debates that prompted. Um, and we don't directly engage with that, but 
I think the, the argument uh, is our argument is, is has some similarities with what uh, Julianne Boudreau argues in her book on global urban politics that you know political action or transformative political action has to be both heroic, you know, it is often about these big contests or it's about uh, people really putting themselves on the line for, for causes and coming together and in and, and, and struggles. Um, um, but it's also post-heroic. Um, so there's also, there's an element of it um, being part and being already uh, entwined with uh, everyday practices and everyday life. And I think uh, what we... What we think is really instructive about the examples that we have, we've got kind of trying to get to the, the real, the, the, the essence of it now after having spoken uh, uh, around it for, for, for a few minutes, is that they, they really um, bring us closer to this, this, this sense again that um, uh, a democracy doesn't have to be something that um, is out of our reach. It can really be something that, uh, or it doesn't have to be separated and, and talked about in terms of our politics, you know, it really is something that we can kind of just reimagine in terms of lots of stuff that's already happening or, or how our lives are governed. And uh, we, we somehow just need to have that that switch of perspectives. And that's, that's I think, what we try to do in the book is try to turn some of these um, conventional notions of, first of all, politics and then second of all, democracy, to turn them on their head and say, well, if you look at it slightly differently, democracy... You know, it is about home building, and it is about um, uh, it is about uh, you know uh, I can't think of any of the other examples now, but you know it is something that is is something that um, people can um, relate to uh, and, uh, in a, a more intuitive way, I suppose, in, uh, than uh, kind of a formalized politics of representation in institutions. That also it also switches kind of this question that is often treated in um, uh, in more debates around participatory democracies. Uh, there, the question is often how can citizens participate in the urban development or urban projects? And one could also switch this uh, question and say how, when, and under what conditions can planners or politicians participate in urban, urban everyday life? Uh, and and then you kind of acknowledge that urban everyday life has already a kind of a productive and gener- generative force. Um, and, and that's these examples kind of serve also this purpose to see and to demonstrate what, what is uh, happening and what has already been done. And that is not just a, a pre-sequel to the real politics, but that's kind of the, the tissue or, 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 uh, which kind of enables uh, different forms of politics. Could you maybe talk a little bit more about how you analyze the case of the critical mass? Because uh, housing struggles, it kind of makes sense intuitively that they would be very important for urban democracy and uh, right to the city and all, all, all of these things. But I was honestly surprised to see critical mass as one of your examples. And I thought, uh, th- this was an interesting analysis. So maybe you could just give our listeners a sense of what you do with this example in the book. Well, I think a critical mass in the, in the first instance is interesting because everybody is kind of 
scrabbling with it and nobody <laughs> knows how how to um locate it is it really is it kind of a, a social movement is it just um a party of of um, individuals coming together by kind of randomly um and that um kind of was interesting to us and then we <clears throat> um, get to know or realize that there is also kind of this legal debate so it, w- what is it actually and and you can see also the judges are grappling with that question and often uh, it is then argued that it, it that it is not a political manifestation but it is something that happens just in the everyday and it's, it's kind of a, a an extreme form of urban collective life, what could, one could argue, and also something that uh, is, <clears throat> of course, it is <clears throat> situated, it, it happens in one moment or two or three hours, and then it disappears again. But in these two or three hours, this this mass of people who are not really connected to each other, which have no organizational form, change not only how we can move through the city but also how we experience the city and 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 experience the the, the possibilities of uh, of engaging in a physical and social way with the city so it's really relieving in the in this um in this in between space in these gray zones what is possible and still it's not really an answer or a solution to a to a to a problem it is more like a way of um a way of thinking the political in in a through a different kind of register um yeah i think that these are certainly um kind of one or two aspects that we thought was interesting i, I think also the um, the critical mass example is is is, is really instructive i mean is um, in, in addition to what Philip just said, uh, I think it, it really challenges um, conventional understandings of what politics is in relation to the state. It really challenges uh, the state. Um, I mean, if we put to one side <clears throat> the actual productivity of critical mass itself, if you imagine just that people coming together in the city, um, not necessarily um, claiming uh, or, or demanding something uh, overtly, um, but obviously um, prefiguring a different a different form of, of life within that city. In this case, uh, cycling, but it could be something else. It could be. It really is like a demos coming together uh, in a place uh, and, and performing something. And, uh, and some of the examples in, in the book, I think, in relation to London. Where the, some of the early uh, or the critical mass movements of maybe around ten years ago uh, were taken to court by the the, the Metropolitan Police in London, and uh, the case was, um, uh, um, or the, the judge essentially ruled that this this wasn't really, it couldn't be treated as a political gathering because it didn't conform to uh, what. The, the law said it was a political gathering, uh, and it, so it was something else. It was a, it was a gathering, but it wasn't a political gathering. And uh, um, and we thought that was really, um, really instructive, and uh, um, allowed us to de- develop some of these ideas about um, how the demos, um, how we might imagine the demos uh, in in so material terms coming together uh, in, in, in the city. And it's also the it's also somewhere in between because it's obvious for for every observer of critical mass and when you when you um, taking part of, of a critical mass it's obvious that it has a political kind of um, 
not a political message, but it has a political meaning. But it, it's impossible to say what the political meaning actually is because there is no, there is not one voice who is calling out something. But and then you have this kind of uh, um, um, this level on um, on on when when critical mass actually happens in a, in one location, and then you have all these negotiation with car drivers, which. <laughs> forces those participants of the critical mass to engage in in a political negotiation which happens at this place <laughs> and not in a parliament and that's something really revealing about um, an urban lens on democracy i think that's what happens a lot uh, through throughout the world and this judge ruling um, uh, in in london um, was replicated by different or you have the similar kind of struggles in in switzerland when they when they try to treat the critical mass it's not they don't know how to treat it and and that's really interesting I think also the, 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 the example in that chapter opens up into other examples and we, we use it as a way of, if that's a way of imagining uh, a public, an urban public forming, uh, one that doesn't have um, sort of boundaries, whether they're institutional or, or ideological or whatever, um, if it's kind of, if it's something that's difficult to grasp, um, um, that's instructive of how um, democracy uh, is. Um, we we don't argue in the book that democracy um, only has to be like that. This urban democracy is always just um, uh, bursting into uh, life and then disappearing. Um, but we do think that it, it will inevitably have uh, this fluctuating character um, of people coming together and then coming apart. And that's partly, I think, what we try to illustrate in the last chapter in relation to the Glasgow example um, with the the, um, uh, the protests to prevent the, the removal of two um, refugees in, in, in the south side of the city and uh, how people invoked uh, notions of the city in, in relation uh, to what happened and, uh, um, and how people sort of seemed to come together, you know, like obviously there was, there was organization involved, you know, there was a, there's a network uh, of activists involved, but also people came from the from their their houses, their flats, to to see what was happening as a, as a crowd formed, and then this, there was a standoff between the police and then the the, the, the home office were trying to deport them, and then the protesters. Uh, and for us, this is really again another one of these moments that came together, but of course then it, it subsided and, and disappeared. The people, the, the two men. Uh, thankfully, weren't deported, um, uh, and then we try to deal with the consequences of a democracy which works like that in this kind of fluctuating character, and um, and I th- and I think that 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 tension runs through the, the book quite a lot, and uh, uh, and we don't have a single answer for it, but we we we, we do argue that there's a there's a contingency to it that and there has to be also an opportunistic dimension to democracy and democracy isn't uh, um, if it is in this realm of uh, um, collective urban life then it's, it's not some imagined idealized um, world this, the state's already there um, capital's already there working and transforming space uh, uh, and it will have to engage with these forces and uh, uh, it won't necessarily aspire to institutions but it will be uh, it could become a part of institutional politics always kind of 
um, uh, returning and uh, coming away. And uh, so I think in that sense, the, the examples uh, do interlink and the critical mass one is, is, is a way of jumping off and saying, um, well, this is how do, how do you, how do, you know, this is the beginning of the journey in a way, you know, if, if urban democracy is, 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 is worth its name, then it's going to have something which really challenges our uh, uh, conventional understandings of what democracy uh, would be. And of course, lots of people would then argue that that's precisely why we don't want an, uh, that kind of democracy. That's why we need institutions and we need the state to, to stabilise and repeat. Uh, and, and I think, you know, through the other examples we have and the way we connect to them, we, we, we argue against that, I think, and we, we counter that in uh, hopefully uh, quite convincing ways. And where do those classic urban social movements fit in this picture? So what makes a practice or a, an initiative, a situation transformative? Are all of the social movements transformative? What would you say to that? Uh, yeah, that's a difficult question because the, the, there's so many different kind of way into it and so many different also studies and approaches to urban social movements. But I think um, transformative is um, how we understand transformative is not something that is only um, aimed at in terms of institutions that should be transformed. So uh, a transformation can be momentous, can be one moment or can be one one area or can be one collective which has or underwent, undergoes a transformation. And I think urban social movements often are, uh, I would consider them often as part of the same uh, struggle for an urban democracy, but some urban social movements are also more directed towards making claims um, towards politicians and the state and and don't engage in an immediate fashion with the urban environment and don't um, kind of provide um, social grounding um, to... Uh, so that publics emerge and and locate and, and take root somewhere. So it's it's difficult. I wouldn't say that they don't exclude uh, one another, but it's a different angle to it. I would say. And maybe we could now go back to this uh, question of the state that we mentioned a little bit earlier uh, and in relation to all those different ways how people can engage with the state to uh, address various urban problems. So how do you work with the notion of the state? And the question that I also had, does it matter what kind of the state we're talking about, the one that's formally democratic or authoritarian states can also be a place for uh, those kind of transformative urban politics. Uh, could you talk a little bit about the state in the remaining minutes that we have? I think in terms of the, the last part there, um, does it matter if, uh, does it matter to our, our vision of uh, urban democracy, what kind of wider political system there is or what kind of state there is? I think it, it, it doesn't matter um, necessarily in a, uh, in a theoretical or in a, an empirical sense, because we understand uh, um, uh, and we see uh, uh, these forms of democracy uh, emerging uh, outside of the state, 
uh, in the coming together of people as they learn to become uh, a collective and, and learn to uh, work collectively and develop collective goals. And that can occur in any political system. That, that doesn't necessitate um, political, uh, uh, all political rights. Where that does become uh, uh, important, of course, is in uh, a political strategic sense in, in terms of uh, how uh, easy it is to do that, how easy it is to be part of a demo, so easy it is to um, campaign outside of the state or in, uh, in uh, an antagonistic relation towards that state. Of course, that makes that makes a huge difference if, if you're in a, an authoritarian state or or a formal democracy. So. I think um, that that would be our way of dealing with, with that aspect of it. Of course, it does make a difference in terms of how easy it is to practice it, but ultimately uh, the demos coming together can occur in any uh, context theoretically, and it does also empirically. And in terms so, of this, sorry, yeah. I know I, I just wanted to jump in here because I think uh, one should not read the book as kind of here is a state-centered democracy and here is an urban democracy and they stand in kind of a conflict to each other. I think it's um, uh, I think we both acknowledge that rights and and um, democratic rights and also institutions that provide kind of democratic uh, spaces of engagement are necess- necessary. And, and the liberal state has successfully provided those spaces. And, and in some liberal democracies, they are now on the strain. But we completely uh, uh, <laughs> would say it, it, that's a basis or, to work on. And so this kind of urban democracy that we is, is in a, a, from taken from a different angle and not in opposition to the state. I just wanted to jump in here on that. And but but also I think that this idea of of kind of this monolithical state is is something that we want to critically reflect. So I think it really depends on where do you engage? Do you engage with the local state or do you engage with the nation state? It has different kind of uh, opportunities and options, and of course the resources that the state can um, provide or or use uh, in urban development is huge, and this is not something that a uh, uh, emergent urban public can kind of <laughs> um, um, provide themselves. Yeah. I think yeah, maybe the last thing to say on that. Um, I'm not. I'm noticing that. Uh, not not that we have necessary differences, but there there this is so complex. This, the state's relationship to democracy, the um, you know the, the nuance in it. Unless unless you take a, a very simplistic view of the state, which we don't, then you can interpret it in very different ways. I think um, what we we say in the book is that um, I mean, one way of interpreting what we what we, we say in the book is that the state is an important or can be an important political actor, absolutely. But as uh, uh, its relation to d- democracy itself is is, is is not a necessity for democracy itself to exist. For us, democracy is all, all, always primarily a relationship between people, people and places in particular. How they how they occupy and locate themselves uh, in the world. And that never excludes the state, but the state isn't really uh, uh, the, the, the vehicle or the, or the hope of, of, of democracy. Um, but of course, uh, 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 in, in, the, in, in the modern concept, context, the context that we have, the state um, has to be as part of the political terrain, even if it, isn't, even if it doesn't define uh, the parameters of uh, uh, democratic politics. 
And in the book, you use concrete examples uh, of movements and initiatives engaging with the with their respective states in very different ways. So maybe you could give us a couple of examples to just illustrate this uh, theoretical point that you're making. Um, I think, well, we, we use uh, four examples. I think this was the most um, well-known one, um, for at least for urban scholars, might be might be the Barcelona on Camus example, um, which uh, is um, which emerged in in in, in the, the the midst of the, the the global financial crisis and how that affected Spain and uh, uh, housing uh, uh, politics and people being moved out of the housing and developed these all the kind of politics which emerged there and uh, then a platform emerged at these uh, social movements and. Uh, neighborhood groups uh, and the, the kind of theory of, uh, of, of municipalism which uh, seems to have emerged there or, or, or taken root there is one in which um, um, uh, a state power is sought so the you know the, the the platform has taken power you know they've been in government um, for two terms and uh, um, uh, in Barcelona um, but doesn't aspire only to uh, formal state power. Indeed, it tries to transform uh, from within. And it, it, it tries, uh, uh, so it takes seriously uh, uh, state power uh, and it seeks to win power, you know, occupy the institutions, I think is the slogan that people have used um, to, to make gains <clears throat> so the state can do things. Uh, but the vision of democracy, which they, they, they ultimately promote, is one in which... Um, uh, 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 citizens are are are, in, are are enabled or empowered to self-government through uh, a, a different form of state, which is the state is almost like trying to adopt the non-sovereign politics. I think we call it in the book. Whereas, in, you know, in terms of partnerships, you might see public public or public commons partnerships as being some kind of way of easily. Um, Framing that that relationship between state and citizen, which is is part of the uh, new municipalist uh, imaginary, um, so I think that's that's one example. Uh, uh, and another example we use is um, <clears throat> is the example of uh, uh, Naples, uh, um, uh, where in a similar period in the twenty tens, there was this, the, the emergence of. Uh, 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 a kind of uh, urban politics around uh, uh, contesting national politics and global politics and all this kind of self-organization as the state was in, in crisis uh, and lots of social movements occupying spaces in the city and the local government there um, responding in, in, a, in a kind of accommodating way and, and enabling social movements and community groups to Stay in uh, uh, certain spaces, you know, pro- you know, providing them with uh, 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 the ability to occupy spaces for public projects. Uh, uh, um, but the, the social movements themselves, in, in contrast to to Barcelona, not seeking to to gain state power. So much more on this kind of uh, we we talk about distances to the state. So these are kind of symbolic uh, distances to the state. Um, so in, in Naples, it was much more. Um, kind of flurries of activity and engagement uh, with the state, but uh, seeking to stay apart from that. And in the book, we don't really take one line and say one is better the other than the other. We talk about also about Preston, which is really kind of 
ultimately not really in line with what we would say um, a democratic project is. It's kind of old municipalism, you know, very do- uh, centered on the state um, as, a, as a driver of uh, democratic opportunity for citizens. And um, also talk about the, uh, Jackson, Mississippi, so establishing essentially alternative systems of the everyday in the context of sort of racial capitalism. Uh, uh, and we argue these different distances um, provide different opportunities and some of them might be enabling and some, sometimes it might provide limits, but ultimately they're, they're all um, really good illustrations of uh, um, the opportunities and risks which uh, inevitably emerge as soon as, as soon as you try to, uh, uh, to engage the state and ultimately any democratic project will, will have to do that if it, as it seeks to sustain and, and uh, uh, struggle. Well, I think uh, we managed to give our listeners a good impression uh, of what to expect from your book and how uh, rich it is and how many themes it covers. But to conclude, I wanted to ask you, having completed this huge project, what are you working on now? What are we to expect in the next years? Hmm. Well, we, we're not at that point that we can announce <laughs> something new, but I think uh, what we've discussed is certainly um, our interest in social infrastructure as a kind of um, also a, a physical material, but also social and symbolic space or site or location, um, maybe as a foundation of, of this form of urban democracy that we imagine and i think um, the the concept or also the examples of social infrastructure have gained much attention over the last couple of years but it they also have um, rarely been theorized as a kind of a democratic um, instance of an emergent urban democratic project um yeah, but we have different, I think, projects in mind and it um, depends a bit how we want to move on. I don't know. Maybe you want to add something, Rose. No, I think, um, um, yeah, that aspect and maybe I think there's potential there to, to um, ask more questions of um, ourselves in relation to some of the arguments we made in the book and um, to 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 approach it in a different way. I mean, the book is has examples, um, but it, it it's really about projecting arguments and uh, reframing these terms and um, sort of challenging them. So it's it's it's, it's kind of a, sort of a, an intervention. Um, it might be interesting to think about those questions in a different way, in a more kind of you know from from the ground up, from you know the looking at, at examples in, in places and thinking through those questions in uh, more situated uh, empirical uh, terms. So, um, yeah, uh, basically we don't know. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a perfect way to end this uh, conversation. Thank you both very much and best of luck with the unknown projects that you will find in the future. Thank you and take care. Thank you. Take care. Thank you.